Welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet, episode 53. 52 was special, and what's special about 53? Nothing, it's back to business as usual, pretty much. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? It's pretty much, it's pretty much normal. It's, it's pretty, normal. It's pretty much the worst podcast ever. <laughs> 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 no, I joke, I kid, of course, this might actually turn into a really awesome show, because Star Wars Celebration was this week, wasn't it, Matt? It was. It ended, I think, earlier today. And uh, and Easter, too, if you believe that kind of thing. If you believe in the zombie rabbit who came back from the grave and died for your chocolate, then yes, that also happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming off Easter dinner, so I'm filled with ham and yams and green beans and other assorted foods. Pumpkin pie, of course. <laughs> so you got the itis. I got the itis pretty bad. If I just fall asleep here on mic, you'll know absolutely why that was. <laughs> so uh, so how you been doing, Matt? I'm sure outside just staying glued to all these Star Wars topics that we will most definitely cover. Yeah, I've been pretty good. I've been just keeping an eye on all the Star Wars stuff since they've been able to live stream most of it, so... Mm. I've been I've been watching all the live streams and stuff, and there's, there's been some really great stuff, especially from, like, because they give all, like, the actors, like, their own sort of panels. So you get to, like, listen to Mark Hamill's stories about filming Empire Strikes Back with Carrie Fisher and stuff like that. Nice. It's really nice. cool. They, they had a whole big touching tribute to Carrie Fisher, didn't they, at this year's show? Yeah, it was a really great tribute as well. It was a really great video they made for her. That's nice. That's definitely good. I mean, she's she's literally going to be impossible to replace, isn't she? Yeah. Yep. As we move on forward, especially because it seemed like had she not died, she would have remained a big part of those movies. You get the feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go for the future. And with that, I guess we can just hop on into the first story. The big centerpiece of Star Wars Celebration was, of course, we got our first teaser trailer look at The Last Jedi. Yeah, the the big trailer everyone was waiting for, or the teaser trailer everyone was waiting for, and oh boy, was it cool. The one that everyone was ra- waiting to do reactions for, weren't they? Yep. Man, you know, if, if I, I'm not a reactioner, but if I was, that stuff, you know, that's, that's like gold dust, man. That's like uncut cocaine. I got that uncut Star Wars trailer for you. Everyone's going to be reacting to it. <laughs> and everyone did. And everybody did, except for me and you, because we don't do that kind yep. of thing. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> s- some interesting stuff going on in this one. And obviously everyone for Star Wars topics, I I lay myself at the feet of Matt's superior Star Wars knowledge, so I will let him take the reins on most of this. <laughs> what what did you see and enjoy about the trailer, Matt? And I will not agree. <laughs> what didn't I enjoy about this trailer? This is a really great trailer, really well cut, and uh, it, di- it didn't give away any of the plot or anything. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what the plot is. Um, got some really cool action scenes and stuff. We didn't see a lot of characters either. No, no, most of them were, you know, in shadow for the bulk of it, mainly Luke, who we finally get to hear talk now, and the big takeaway from his scenes is he is done as fuck with the Jedi and this <laughs> yeah. war stuff. He is too old for this crap. <laughs> he's, he's fucking over it. He's, he's sick of the the 30-plus years he's had to fight in wars and shit. He's just fucking over it. He is hashtag done, son, and wouldn't you be too? It's like, fuck it, fuck it all, man. 
no, yeah, no, that was actually really interesting because I think a lot of people expected him to say something like it's time for the Jedi to return or something. Yeah. Um, but what I like about it is that he's kind of right as well because I, what I think he's going to be doing is he's going to be getting rid of what the Jedi are or were like yeah in like the prequels and everything because they were kind of like shitty and, and really um they were they were weird catholic priests with laser swords yeah 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 they were like weirdo religious people and everything and i think he's probably going to be getting rid of that and making like his new jedi order mm. which is something that's kind of a bit in the middle between the dark and the light I think Luke realizes what many fans realize and what definitely Expanded Universe writers realized, and that is, hey, this war between the Jedi and Sith will never be over when the Sith continually are reborn within the ranks of the Jedi over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, and um, he probably, like, with the old Jedi, they were, like, scared of their students learning about the dark mm -hmm. side and everything, so Luke's probably going against that and teaching his students about the dark side to know what to look for and what to avoid and stuff like that. It's it's definitely two extremes where the Jedi are like, you know, hey, stifle all your emotions, shove all feelings deep down inside because those lead to the dark side. And the dark side are like, no, feel everything at all times, be every emotion at once, even if they're terrible. <laughs> You think someone could come along and be like, hey, you know what, maybe maybe we don't have to be about extremes, like you were saying, Matt. Maybe maybe there's a better way in between all of this. Yeah, and I think that that's what they're going for. And it it looks like they, they are because of like how the trailer's sort of talking about light and dark and everything and, and what Ray feels. Mm -hmm. We actually get to see her using some force powers. That's pretty cool, you know, her trying to move the rocks and everything. Yeah, that looked really cool. And her training on the rocks with the lightsaber and everything. Really cool. How much money do you bet at some point Mark Hamill's going to say, do or do not, there is no try, my master told me that once? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. He said it backwards like a weirdo. That's kind of what he was. <laughs> at least I'm not making you, uh, was at least I'm not climbing on your back and making you drag me around this tiny little island, but still, that could be fun. <laughs> I could do that, but I'm not going to. I like they did that in a commercial, the uh, or like in a little uh, Instagram picture of the actress who plays yeah. Ray and Mark Hamill. Where it's like, look, we did the thing. We know the jokes you're all making, and we agree that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> look, man, it's how I was taught. I swear. <laughs> didn't didn't you leave halfway through your training? Eh, the history books are hazy on that. And there's there's some books that fill that in. <laughs> <laughs> and Bray's like, I didn't read the Expanded Universe. Well, that's lesson one. Start reading these Expanded Universe books. But most of them aren't canon anymore. Well, read the new comics then. <laughs> Speaking of books, we get to see some in the trailer as well. And I, I, I think it's... I had, like, a couple of theories on this. Like, I think there might be works that maybe Luke has picked up over his journey. Maybe we'll see them in the comics, him getting these books and everything, because right. you know at least one is the journal of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, that would be some shit. That would be a nice connector to everything that's been going on in the comics. Yeah, and my other theory is is like what if they aren't what if they're like his books and they're like like he's been like chronicling the Jedi and everything and they're like his own teachings that he's like he's that. taken. The Gospels yeah. according to Luke, the awesome version. Yeah, because he is the last of the Jedi. Yeah, true. But maybe he won't be by the end. Who knows? It's the last Jedi. It could mean anything. Yeah. 
but yeah, so that was cool. I agree with you, Matt, with what you were saying. They didn't show too much. They showed just enough and gave you a good feeling about what the movie's going to be like. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's a good teaser. I was thoroughly teased. Were you thoroughly teased, people listening to the show? Tell us in the comments section how teased this made you. (laughs) Uh, And that wasn't the only trailer we had. This uh, Star Wars celebration was chock full of trailers. We got what I know you were going nuts about on Twitter and I was going nuts about too. We got the trailer for Season 4 of Star Wars Rebels and it was announced that this will be the final season. Yes, the final season. I didn't expect this to happen, but the the good thing is, though, Dave Filoni will get a chance to actually finish this show, unlike what he did with mm-hmm. Clone Wars, where it was kind of cancelled and kind of taken away from him a little bit. Yep, yep. They definitely are ending this on their own terms. In the trailer they gave us, it was dour, it was sad, and it was Hera's voice basically saying, you know, we started out so simply with our little space Aladdin on our one planet, then we were fighting a whole war, and this is how it ended. Yeah, so I I have to guess that at least everyone except for Hera and Chopper and maybe Rex probably won't die. Yeah. Like, everyone else will die. They are they are doomed by canon. They they have to die. The only question is when do they die? Do they die in this big battle for Lothal that they're building up to? Do they die in the Battle of Scarif? Because we know in Rogue One we heard a reference to a Commander Sindula, but we don't know if that was Hera or her dad. I think they confirmed it was Hera. Okay, well there you go. So Hera at least makes it to Rogue One in the Battle of Scarab, but we don't know who else makes it. And speaking of Rogue One, we see Saw Gerrera again, and he looks like he does in the movie now. Yeah, and he's flying one of those U-wing ships and everything, and he's got his he's got his friend Two Tubes as well from Rogue One. Do you do you think Jin will show up there as well? Because that the timeline would fit. I know I've mentioned this before. I, I definitely think mainly because I know Felicity Jones is voicing Jin in those animated shorts. Ah, so they clearly got her in the studio for something. Yeah. yeah, so it's possible. It's possible. Makes a lot of sense. We saw a lot of cool shit with the Mandalorians. I'm guessing that's going to be the beginning of this next season, the Rebels having to repay their debt to the Mandalorians by helping them win their civil war. Yeah, Bo-Katan comes back. Yes, yeah, who, who, who are they? Explain them to me. Bo-Katan's a woman. Uh, she was in the Clone Wars, and she, she's kind of she's hard to explain, but um, she's voiced by Katie Stackoff, oh, so nice. that's awesome. They, uh, they seem to be implying that she might very well be a foil for Sabine now, who is continuing to try and find her place in Mandalorian society. I like that. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, well, Bo was like a, um, a, I think she was like a lieutenant or a commander or something for uh, Pre Vizsla, right. the, the, guy, the, the guy who uh, led Death Watch, so yeah, she's kind of like a, a villain, but she, she could turn good, maybe, I don't know. I guess we'll see about that. Well, we know that, uh, what is it, Sabine's family is descended from the original Death Watch, so we'll see about that. If they're a friend or yeah. foe or what's happening there. there. There seemed to be a moment near the end of the trailer, and this is just me totally implying things, where they seem to kind of raise her hand high, which makes me believe that I'm like, oh, oh, are they implying that she'll be the new leader of Mandalore, so Sabine can probably leave and help out with the Battle uh, of Lothal when they get there? Yeah, it definitely possible, yeah. 
That's that's a cool one. Uh, wasn't there some rumors kicking around that because of the time period, because we're getting in close, closer and closer to a new hope that Boba Fett might actually show up? Um, maybe I, I know. Um, at one of the other uh, animation panels, Dave Filoni debuted like some Boba Fett uh, stuff with Clone Wars, so they could they could definitely bring him back, and I. He might be coming back because I know the actress that voices Sabine was talking about characters, like fan favorite characters that will be coming into the show. So maybe. Do you do you think they'll finally maybe square the circle or do something with the idea that they mentioned in Clone Wars in Filoni's own show where it's like, you know, oh, Boba Fett wasn't a Mandalorian. He just stole the armor. And I'm like, well, fuck, where's that story then? You're saying the most famous Mandalorian isn't a Mandalorian anymore? What What the hell? Yeah, I think that'd be really interesting to dive a little bit more into it. Because I know when he was in Clone Wars, he never really did any of that since he was mainly just trying to kill Mace Windu and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so they, I, I'd like them to do that, especially with how much Mandalorian stuff they've been doing in Rebels. Yeah. Or, or sorry, I mean, it was Django who stole the armor, not Boba. I forget they're different people, even though they're basically the same because clones and other bullshit. Yeah, they're, they're technically the same, but then they're not. It's it's really weird. It is weird, and such a George Lucas idea. That's another thing Disney could come in and do and be like, oh, Lucas changed it to make it so he was never a Mandalorian? Well, fuck it, change it back. I don't care how you do it, change it back. <laughs> be like oh yeah that that guy who said that uh yeah he was really stupid actually and it was part of a big conspiracy to distance themselves from boba fett yeah yeah let's go with that <laughs> just just to fix it and everything also too uh what is it we actually get to see uh, a famous bodyguard return from the zon books don't we yeah rook returns and he's being voiced by warwick davis so awesome um, no stranger to star wars yeah, uh, so that's pretty awesome, especially since it, it obviously confirms Thrawn's back as well as seeing him in the trailer. Uh, but what's really interesting is um, Rook is the guy who, in the old canon, actually kills Thrawn. Oh, I wonder, do you think they're going to go that way, or do you think they're going to change it around? Uh, I I have no idea. I, we didn't really see a lot of him in in the trailer. We didn't see a lot of Rook in the trailer. We did see him a little bit there fighting Ezra. Uh, so he, I guess he's may, maybe working with Thrawn, but I, I, I honestly don't know. I like the idea of Thrawn having this big, muscly, bruiser, leg-breaker guy. He'd be a perfect foil for, like, Zeb to fight. Yeah, that'd be really cool. The, the thing I am a little bit disappointed in is, though, um, when he appeared in the old Expanded Universe, it was obviously after Return of the Jedi, and um, he kind of killed Thrawn because he sort of changed allegiances over to uh princess leia because she was the daughter of vader and vader sort of helped out not his race and everything so she he sort of owed her a debt sort of thing and that's kind of how he killed thrawn but uh obviously that's gonna change now that he's in kind of before A New Hope. So maybe Leia might come back. I don't That's know. That's right. Leia had a really great episode. People forget that early on. So they do know her. And if part of the Rebel Alliance is bringing everyone together under one umbrella, yeah, I would totally imagine we would probably see Bale and Leia again. Yeah. 
A lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Ooh, also, too, they answer our question of what's going to happen with Callus. He grew his hair out and got a cool new rebel outfit. Yeah, he's now just a rebel agent. It's going to be really cool to see more of him. Yeah, I, I, I think Callus ended up being one of my favorite characters from Rebels because he had such this arc of being a bad guy, realizing the Empire didn't care about him, and then slowly but surely becoming a good guy now. I, I know I pitched an interesting idea there. Wouldn't it be funny if the rest of the Rebel Alliance didn't like him because he was an Imperial defector? Yeah, uh, yeah, I I think they, that they probably won't. I know they probably won't trust him. Because I think like, oh, well, this guy was like kind of like a high-ranking special agent in the Imperial Navy, so he could be just trying to trick us and be like a double agent sort of thing. That's a, that would be a good story a story for Saw Gerrera, especially because they're trying to build him up as this more radical, more brutal uh, rebel. Wouldn't it be interesting if he sees that, you know, if he sees Kallus and he's like, oh, well, let's draw and quarter him in the street. <laughs> <laughs> It technically counts as patriotism now. <laughs> that's a Rick and Morty reference, everybody. It's a fun show. <laughs> so yeah, that's Star Wars Rebels Season 4. Looks amazing. I'm so sad to see it end, but I'm so excited to see what they do with it, too. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be, they confirmed it's going to be 15 episodes long. Nice. And apparently it's going to be even more serialized than the last season was. Yeah. I, uh, I think I can say without hyperbole, Rebels turned out to be one of the best Star Wars things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's been great. It's so good it hurts. And, you know, here's my thing moving forward. Do you think they'll give Filoni another show? Do you think he'll make this part of, like, a trilogy and we'll maybe get another Star Wars animated series set in, like, the Force Awakens continuity, like, during that time period? I know he mentioned at the at the live stream there are there is more animation coming, so I we could get a new show. I don't know when they'd set it. I'd like to see something set between there, or maybe like between episodes four and five, or something, or five and six. Here's my pitch for a show. Tell me if you like it. Let us see the adventures of Luke after the final battle in uh what is it? Return of the Jedi. Let's see him actually try and build up his Jedi school and everything they do at the end of the war, and then you end that series with little Kylo Ren turning to the dark side. That'd be pretty cool. Because, again, there's a lot of years unaccounted for there, and if you you could do a show with Luke and Han and just kind of everyone in between, and you even have the bit where Leia's like, oh, I'm pregnant and everything. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be pretty cool. That would be my pitch for it. That that might be too much, that might be too good to be true, but that would definitely be my pitch for it. Because you think, too, you got to figure around that time, too, there'd be a lot of, like, uh, what is it, Imperial holdouts and everything, because just because you destroyed the second Death Star, just because you defeated Vader and the Emperor, or Emperor, doesn't mean they'd stop. No, no, they, they haven't, no. They have chokeholds on entire systems, they have charismatic leaders, they wouldn't just stop. Yeah, I'd like to see a series um, based around Poe Dameron's uh, mother and father since they were involved in the in the Rebel Alliance. Like his mother was an A-wing pilot while his father was a strike team member at, at uh, Endor. So I think they could do a really good series about them. I know they're, they're in the Shattered Empire comic. Nice. 
Um, so, but I'd like to see like a little bit more about like what they did for the for the rebellion since they were obviously there before the Battle of Endor. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Or uh, if you really want to jerk off my nerd dick a little bit, go ten thousand years into the future and do Star Wars Legacy with Darth Crane and all <laughs> those other characters. <laughs> that ain't fucking I think, happening. I don't think like Darth Crane, like the the guy is that Tuscan Raider Jedi from like uh, the Clone Wars. I don't think he's canon anymore i don't oh, know did they write yeah they probably wrote him out when they wrote everything out yeah the timeline doesn't work anymore for him to be a tuscan raider then a sith lord then everything else yeah or you, you could like just change it around a little bit and still make him darth crate I, I love darth Crate. he's probably one of my favorite extended universe darths that he's so powerful it's... but he's sick and dying and needs the force to cure him yeah he's pretty cool and the Skywalker from that show is great, too. A Skywalker who became a smuggler because he so wanted no part of the Skywalker legacy of being heroes and saving the universe. He's like, nah, that's stupid. That's bullshit. I just want to steal and take death sticks. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a drug-addled half-Jedi. <laughs> yeah, and he keeps seeing, like, the ghost of Luke and the ghost of Anakin where it's like, hey, kid, get off your ass and be a hero. And he's like, no, don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> just getting haunted. It's like, well, we'll continue to force ghost haunt you until you do, kid. <laughs> Fine, then. <laughs> I will. I'll be a goddamn hero and save the universe. Jesus, ghost dad and ghost grandpa and ghost great grandpa. <laughs> Always up in my shit. Uh, another thing that came out of Star Wars Celebration, we got the lowdown on a brand new comic miniseries coming from Marvel, and it's a Captain Phasma comic. Yeah, and it's been written by Kelly Thompson. Awesome. Good writer. Yeah. We'll we'll finally get the answers to who Brienne of Tarth is playing in the Star Wars universe and what her deal is. I, I guess so. I know the comic's going to be taking place over the course of The Force Awakens, and we're going to find out how she gets out of the trash compactor and escapes from Starkiller Base. There you go. Some very important information there. It's, hey, you know, you got a perfect, you got a cool design character and a blank slate, so go for it. Yeah, I think she's also getting a novel written about her as well. Interesting. Good for her. I think, yeah. Huh. So, yeah, that, that was a lot of the big stuff that came out of Star Wars Celebration. They mentioned a new Battlefront, too. But is anyone excited for Battlefront and EA and all their DC bullshittery? I want to get excited mainly because I know the, st the story has been confirmed to be canon, and it's set between Episodes 6 and 7. And you play um, as the Empire in this, don't you? Yeah, you play as a Special Forces Empire soldier. Which is kind um, of everything I wanted. I like that's their big selling point for this, where it's like, why should you buy Star Wars Battlefront 2? Because we put a story in it this time. There's actually a game in our game. Yeah, and I, I know they have said that there, there isn't going to be any season pass for Battlefront 2, but the problem with that is it's like, they said there's no season pass, but they haven't said there's no DLC. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So there's still, there's still be shitloads of dlc you just won't be able to buy in a season pass i know our buddy mitch was talking about this on twitter the absolutely whorish approach to dlc they're taking on this one where it's like you know give us a hundred dollars and you'll get the game a couple days early you'll also be better at the game because we'll give you weapons no one else can get and we'll give you like free levels and shit yeah yeah they did that with the first one they gave gave you like access for like the first seven days or something before anyone else could play and then like a bunch of 
bunch of those stupid like card things that they have mm. for the game. But I think they've gotten rid of that for this one. I think it's back to classes, well, which is good. good. Which is good. Yeah. Friggin' freaking EA man, you have the beloved Star Wars license, and you continue to do this shit to it. Way to go. Yeah. Way to fucking go. Surprisingly, one thing they didn't mention, and I know we say this every Star Wars celebration, I'm sure you, me, and everyone else sits with our fingers crossed, and we're like, okay, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 3, Knights of the Old Republic 3, KOTOR 3, come on, come on, you can do it, come on, come on, no whammies, no whammies, aww. They can't make a KOTOR 3 because KOTOR is no longer canon, so it'd have to be like a new game. Well, something like that. I I say KOTOR 3 is a catch-all, but a new Bioware Star Wars RPG. I know apparently, like, somewhat one of the Bioware branches is working on a Star Wars game, but, you know, after after Mass Effect Andromeda... Yeah, that was... Well, that was my hope, too. It's like, okay, so Andromeda was kind of buggy and kind of unfinished. Please tell me that's because you moved half the team to work on the new <laughs> Star Wars project. Come on. It'll make it all worth it. It's like, look, Mass Effect might not have been great this time, but it's okay because they were all working on Star Wars, but no. <laughs> Wasn't it like two or three E3s ago, they sat down with the people working on the new Star Wars game, and they basically just showed a bunch of concept art, and they're like, yep, we're working on a great epic new Star Wars game. We can't tell you anything about it, but we're working on it. Yeah, yeah, they they showed like that, and there was like a small clip and everything, and we we haven't seen anything about it since. I imagine we will see something at maybe this upcoming E3. E3 happens in like June or something, so... Yeah, we could see something. Hopefully we do. We can only hope, because that was a tease. That was a teasy tease. That was a blue balls in tease is what that was. (laughs) Why you do this to me, EA. So, continuing on with our list of topics, we actually had a really good list of topics this week. We're still staying in space, but we're going over to the DC side of space. Apparently, Tom King implied on his Twitter on Friday that he might very well be penning a brand new New God series. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I actually think he would be a good fit for that. Much like Vision, I think his outside-the-box kind of literary approach would be very fitting for the topic. Well, of course, what I'm talking about is is that if you had seen his Twitter, he posted a picture of two hands grasping each other, which were very clearly uh, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. And this comes on the heel of Jeff Johns at one of the last big DC meetings saying that they do have stuff planned for the new gods moving forward. I I'm be all for that. I I like the new gods stuff. I like the stuff they did with them uh, recently uh, with uh, that Green Lantern event and everything. And I think they've been kind of un- underutilized as a whole. They have been. It's like everybody loves the new gods when they show up in like video games and animation and everything. But I don't know how many people have actually read like the old Jack Kirby comics. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know exactly who these people are. Mm-hmm. You would especially think, you know, with Game of Thrones being so huge it is. Imagine if someone said, hey, it's Game of Thrones, but it's in space and they're all superheroes. Exactly. Like, that should just, that should sell a billion copies. It should. And, I mean, there's a lot of cool characters in there. Orion, Big Barda, Mr. Miracle, uh, Forager, who's apparently getting, like, a, what is it, one of those uh, young animal books, apparently. <laughs> Oh, really? Yes. I like Forger is just so weird and so out there. It's like, you know what? We need a Forager book about a weird bug man. <laughs> Who forages, I guess, given the name. Then you got your High Fathers and all those other guys. It's it's a whole pantheon, basically, of characters with their own deep entrenched lore and everything. And if they did a new Gods book, too, 
they would eventually need to explain, hey, what the hell happened with Darkseid and Apocalypse? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just kind mm. of been left hanging since DC Rebirth. What the hell happened there? Yeah, that, that'd that be interesting. And then then they've got to involve people like Lex Luthor, who actually owns, like, mother boxes and, yeah. and, and like, all their technology and everything. And and, and, and remember, he was he, – he, by that um, – that uh, I can't remember what his name was, but that guy, he was sort of implying that maybe Lex was going to become the new Dark Side. Oh, Lacol the God Slayer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lacol, yeah, that's it. That would be that would be an interesting pitch, actually, for a book. Be like, hey, Luthor, you're kind of being an absentee leader to Apocalypse right now, and it's going to boil over into Civil War. What are you going to do? <laughs> In case you forgot, you kind of own a planet right now. <laughs> also, too, it would be kind of fun... To maybe have Mr. Miracle and have Big Bar to be like, whoa, 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 you guys have mother boxes? You guys cannot have those. You you have to give those all back right now. Yeah, I, I can imagine them coming after it. That'd be pretty cool. And you couldn't stop Big Bar and Mr. Miracle because they're very tough. Yes, they are. I would also like to, it would make people have to like pay reference to Dark Side War and everything and say, hey, didn't you guys help us defeat Dark Side that one time when there was a weird Dark Side baby? Everything got really weird after that. <laughs> Remember that, everybody? Remember the lead up to that? Remember Dark Side War that went on forever? <laughs> Wasn't bad, just went on for a goddamn eternity. But uh, keeping in the realm of DC Comics, here's a piece of news that genuinely surprised me. I did not see this coming whatsoever. Uh, apparently in the next couple runs of Deathstroke stories, like from Deathstroke, like 2021 onward, uh, he's going to be forming his own Teen Titans team. That's pretty cool. They have a brand new color scheme to their white and black, which automatically made me think, oh, hey, Slade, the Future Foundation called. They want their color scheme <laughs> back. <laughs> The uh, the idea behind this team moving forward is, I guess, after the events of Lazarus Contract, which are coming very soon, I think either next week or the week after, uh, after going inside the Speed Force, Slade has like a major change of heart, and he decides he wants to be a good guy now. Yeah, that that's going to be pretty interesting. I've started to read the Lazarus Contract since it started this week in um, uh, Titans, at the end of Titans. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff going on there, definitely. Uh, the team actually has a very interesting makeup. It's Deathstroke as the leader, and I love uh, this guy. He's such a glorious bastard. What's his, what's his go-to when he's trying to be a good guy? Now, oh, I'm going to wear a cape on top of my regular costume. <laughs> I'm going to wear a cape. Joining him is his son Jericho. I'm like, oh, so his son Jericho survives uh, the events of Lazarus Contract and the events of the current Deathstroke book, which is impressive because Jericho has basically been the bad guy for this last run of Jericho or for of Deathstroke. <laughs> his daughter Rose, who I've always quite liked, Rose the Ravager. I thought she had an interesting history. She has a cool power set. I would definitely put her in more stuff. Again, I'm surprised she's not dead and she doesn't want to kill her father because, like, in the last, like, in the story that came out last week, she's been, like, trying to reconnect with her Asian root. She's trying to reconnect with her Hamong family. And, you know, mm -hmm. she lived with them for, like, a week and she had, like, a really touching, you know, time with them, only to come back and have someone tell them, yeah, that wasn't your real family. Your dad just hired actors. Oh, no. Your <laughs> <laughs> dad hired actors so he wouldn't feel bad. Also, Jericho's getting married and Slade is having sex with uh, the woman that he's about to marry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's a fucker. 
Uh, Tanya Spears, a.k.a. Power Girl 2, who I'm guessing a lot of people forgot about. She's actually helping Slade currently in the comic. She saved his life, and he's reciprocated by lying to her and saying, No, I'm not Deathstroke. I'm the superhero, Twilight. Yeah, you've just never heard of me. <laughs> and she's like, Okay, your story uh, checks out. <laughs> I'm not going to look this up or anything. Your story checks out. <laughs> and then the two weirdest members of this team, uh, uh, what is it, Wally West 2, Kid Flash, who it's like, wait, aren't you already on Damien's Teen Titans? So wait, are you pulling double duty for two teams, or do you actually leave that book, give Aqua Lad your slot, and go join this team? I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, if, and you know, it's funny, when I thought of that, all I heard was Dwayne McDuffie's voice in my head when he was writing Justice League. He's like, yeah, I tried to put two black characters on the Justice League, only to have a bunch of editors come to me and say, well, you know, if you have more than two black guys on one team, it becomes a black team, right? And a black book. <laughs> <laughs> and Dwayne McDuffie just pulled his hair out and said, fuck you guys. <laughs> Is that the thing? And so, yeah, he's on the team. That's an interesting pull. I guess maybe they'll grow closer over the Speed Force and Lazarus contract. We'll have to read that to find out. But the last member of the team, it's clearly Terra. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely looks like Terra. Which, how are they going to explain a lot of that, especially if everything from the old universe is still canon in DC Rebirth, including their weird relationship that they had? It's another actor Slade hired. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, no, that's not really her. It's just an actor I hired. I'm not some weird sleaze bag, but I totally am a weird sleaze bag. <laughs> That's a, that's the joke I made in my review, too, when he was hanging out with Power Girl. I'm like, hey, Deathstroke, she's 16. Maybe shouldn't do that, given your history as a character. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe someone should call an adult, is all I'm saying. But yeah, so this is an interesting direction, both to give Deathstroke a team and to also try and make him a good guy. Yeah, I like what Christopher Priest is doing. Sign me up for this. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. It sounds really fun. It also makes me even more excited for Lazarus' contract, not that I needed to be more excited, because that book is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Te Teen Titans is in a new golden age right now, and all it took was giving it over to some really good writers. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Good <laughs> good writers write good stories, I know, right? Someone, someone should put that on a shirt somewhere, is what they should do. <laughs> uh, so I guess moving on from that story... We have uh, some more casting news. We get to go to the realm of movies. I, of course, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know I'm excited for that new animated Miles Morales Spider-Man movie coming down the line. Well, we finally uh, have some casting news on that. The actor who will be playing Miles is the Get Down's uh, Shamik, I think is how it's pronounced. I haven't watched the Get Down yet. I've heard great things, though, and apparently he's a great young actor. He's going to be playing Miles. And Liev Shriver is apparently attached to play the villain. Cool. That sounds really, really good. Cool. I wonder who Ray Donovan's going to be playing. Yeah, who is Ray Donovan going to be playing? I mean, the obvious thing would be Norman Osborn, but then I'm reminded, now, well, Norman's more of a Peter villain. Who's the villain going to be for Miles in this movie? Assuming that, you know, if it's going to be in a main continuity, if they're going to start making their own continuity, because if it's their own continuity, I could totally see Shriver as Ultimate Osborn. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could, t I could see that as just a big creepy goblin man. Outside that, I'm like, does Miles have many villains of his own? There was the Ultimate Scorpion, who was just like a cholo with a big chain that had a spike on it. 
Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be playing that. No, no, although if he did, he's an even more amazing actor than I thought he was. <laughs> that he can really go and inhabit that headspace. And maybe he'll just play a gangster of some kind, who knows. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, that's shaping up to be a really awesome movie. It's nice to know they got two really great actors in that one. Yeah. So, moving on from there, we've got some more comic news here. Uh, Apparently, Greg Rucka in June is officially done with Wonder Woman. He only signed up for a year worth of stories. And that's it for him. He's leaving the book, and Shia Fontana of the DC Superhero Girl animated series is going to be taking over the book. Yeah, that that seems pretty cool. I know the, the new artist coming on is the guy that does the Bombshells book. Oh, nice. That's really good art. Yeah, so it's going to look really nice. I mean, I respect Rucka for doing what he did for as long as he did. And again, he's like, this is the story I want to tell. I'm going to basically redo the origins of Wonder Woman, and then another writer can take it from here. Yeah, yeah. well, that that seems to be, since it's going to be finishing June, I'm guessing that's when this truth storyline is going to be finishing, which, mm. uh, like, honestly, I think is it needs to have already been finished since <laughs> it's kind of dragging on now. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the feeling I've been getting. That's what people seem to have been telling me. Yeah, it's kind of starting to just you just got to get there. Just but he keeps like going on with other stuff and everything. Yeah, very very strange. But uh, yeah, I mean uh, nothing but support for the new writer coming in there. I hope she does a good job, especially because it seems like so many of the DC Rebirth books have been firing on all cylinders, and with consistent creative teams across the board. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's been knocking it out of the park with literally every book, and they've all been working really well with one another, so hopefully this next story... What, what I hope this next story is is just, like, a simple Wonder Woman story, mm-hmm. like Wonder Woman being a superhero, that would be and nice. just kind of leaving the whole Greek mythology stuff to the side and just being like a superhero wonder woman yeah just for a bit because it's been so long since we've had like a straight up wonder woman and rucka's been bringing that back a little bit but with this whole like you know greek god conspiracy thing on top of it yeah but i definitely like that they brought back a bunch of her old villains you know like dr cyber and like cersei and like everyone else i hope they keep up that trend moving forward yeah, yeah. Well, Doctor Cyber's the villain at the moment, and she's been really, really cool. What a what a great pull! What a great pull indeed. So, uh, moving on to more movie news right here. This this one happened earlier in the week. If you couldn't tell, I've been working backwards essentially uh, from topics. But Deadpool two finally found its cable, and it's an actor I don't think anyone would have called because he's already involved in another superhero franchise. It's Josh Brolin. Yeah, so he's going to be pulling double duty as Thanos and Cable. Man, he's going to be getting them Marvel checks all over the place, isn't he? (laughs) I wonder if he walks into the club and be like, don't worry, I got that Marvel money. I'm pulling it down from both ends. I I hope he does like that that kind of like Texan accent for for Cable. Me too, just for no reason. Er, you know, it's it's me, it's Lou Ellen, I mean Cable. Yep, that's me. Got a big big bag of money, Wade. What what are we going to (laughs) do? I I really hope he does. I wonder, because Deadpool is totally the sort of movie that would do it, I wonder if they're going to make fun of the fact that he's pulling double duty with two roles. Oh, most definitely. 
I, I wonder how they're going to do that. Where it's like, oh, don't you hate that when actors are in two things in two franchises? <laughs> no, I don't know anything about that, Deadpool. Now let's let's go on a time adventure. <laughs> I should I should really work on my Brolin to get it good because we're going to be talking about him a lot in the next little bit. Yeah, my dad's Cyclops. He's yeah. a shitty dad. <laughs> yeah, he really wasn't in my life at all. He really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking James Masters, or James Marsden, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Poor Cyclops never had a chance. I, ho- I hope they make fun of that, too, where it's like, oh, my dad, he never had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> In anything, he never let me forget it. Friggin' the Phoenix blew him up, I guess, if X3 is still canon. <laughs> I mean, I guess X3 can't be canon if he's alive, eh? Yeah, I guess so. If he exists, period. Although then I guess, like, Days of Future Past put everything back to normal, but Logan doesn't reference Days of Future Past. Whatever. <laughs> I've I've given up trying yeah, to make sense. Don't of don't it. try to make yeah. Don't try to make sense of it. You'll you'll go insane. You'll, you'll only hurt yourself trying to make sense of the X Men timeline. Just just <laughs> laugh at the funny ninja in the red pajamas is all you need to do. <laughs> just do that and carry on. I mean I, I mean I like Brolin as an actor, and if I didn't think they already had him locked down for Thanos, and if I didn't think they made their actor sign some sort of non-compete clause or something, I probably would have thrown him in the running for Cable, so good on them for picking an actor I like who I think fits the role. Yeah, he's a pretty good actor, and like, looking at him, you can see see Cable in there. Oh, yeah. Give him like the, the glowing eye and, and the silver hair and everything. Mm-hmm. Salt and pepper him up a little bit. Yeah, I can see it. He definitely, yeah. he can definitely do gruff. I believe him as gruff, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's as gruff as a sandpaper handshake, Joel said, trying to make up a euphemism that doesn't exist. <laughs> Just trying to make shit happen now. So yeah, there you go, everyone. That was the news for this week. Quite a lot of topics, wouldn't you agree, Matt? It was a nice mixed bag. It was. And you know what else was a nice mixed bag, as I attempt very awkwardly to segue? The comics we read this week. In fact, there was a lot of them, wasn't there? There was a lot of them. So where where would we even like to start, Matt? Um, start with Marvel with X Men Blue yes. issue one. I it's funny. I I read a lot of X Men books this week and stories with the X Men in them, but I didn't read Blue. Blue was the one I didn't read. Tell me about it. Really, Blue was much better than Gold. Whereas Gold was just a previews book of what's to come. X Men Blue was an actual story. You don't say. Uh, I miss stories. Uh, yeah, so it featured this blue team, which consists mainly of the time-displaced X-Men. Who are still around. Uh, yeah, with uh, Jean Grey as the leader. Nice. And they is she fight... going by Marvel Girl now, or is she still just Jean? Uh, she does have a code name. I am blanking on the code name at the moment. It's not Marvel Girl. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, she, she leads the team against uh, Black Tom Cassidy. And, uh, and, and the Juggernaut, right? Yeah, yeah, and the Juggernaut who seems to really, really hate Cyclops and Iceman <laughs> uh, since he, he goes after them. And it was it was a pretty cool book, and the team does come to blows when Hank, uh, young Hank McCoy uses magic to get rid of uh, Juggernaut. That's an interesting uh, holdover from the old all-new X-Men where Hank actually learned a little magic with Doctor Strange. <laughs> Yes, and uh, 
Scott kind of has a has a go at him. Like, did you just kill him? Did you just send a man to hell? And he's like, of course not. I sent him to Siberia <laughs> via hell. <laughs> that's uh, that's fitting to have Black Tom Casty and Juggernaut together again. That kind of seems to be a thing across all these X-Men books, where it's like, hey, isn't this familiar? Don't you remember back when the books were good? These were the characters who used <laughs> to hang out. Yeah, and the, the most interesting thing is uh, the the guy they they report to, and that guy is Magneto. Which, yet again, calling back to another era in X-Men where Magneto lived in the house in Charles's absence and tried to help everyone else and tried to be a mentor. Yeah, that's pretty much what they're doing here. This team is based out of Madripoor. Oh, of shit. All, of all places. Oh, fuck. I love Madripoor. Yeah, and uh, at the end of the book, you kind of get like this. It's kind of like a, a backup story, but it's like a cutaway that's actually part of the actual story where uh, a small snowy mountain town is being played by Wendigo. In, it's Canada. You can say it. It's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if it's Canada or not. It's just, it's just like snowy mountain town. It's It's got a <laughs> Wendigo, and I know where you're going with this with Wolverine. It's probably Canada. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Wolverine shows up, but it's not Wolverine. It's his son, Jimmy Hudson. From the Ultimate Universe, which makes him, Miles, and the Maker like the three characters who survived the implosion of the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. And he, he appears he might be joining the blue team as well. Of course, because they need a resident Wolverine, and they can't, uh, they can't get Laura for some reason because she was on the other one. They're like, no, we already tried that. And she's got a too successful solo series, so... I, I guess she'll just have to be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny, too, uh, what is it, uh, Cullen Bunn, the guy who writes Blue, on Twitter, was uh, sure to say, yes, that is Jimmy Hudson from the Ultimate Universe, but he's not going to be called Wolverine. He's like, I, I have a name in mind, but then jokingly asked everyone else, what would you call him if you could? <laughs> And there was a lot of funny ones there. It's like, Jimmy Claus, let's call him that. <laughs> Jimmy Claus. Jimmy Claus. Hey, it's my buddy Jimmy Claus from the Bronx. How you doing, Bo? Pound it. Oh, no, d- actually, don't pound it because your claws come out of your hands. Don't do it. <laughs> That's probably why the book was so well written because it was written by Colin Bunn, who mm. is a really great writer and everything. Absolutely. I uh, I pitched in his Twitter and I got a couple likes and retweets on this one. I'm like, hey, is Kyle Gibney still alive? Can you call him Wild Child? That would be a nice continuity gag if you called him Wild Child. Because <laughs> he is a child and he is rather wild, so it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It does. I, uh, I guess keeping up with the X-Men uh, train of thought, and we were, I didn't read Blue, but I did read Weapon X this week. Yep, so did I. You did. What uh, What did you think of it? I, I liked it. I thought it was all right. It's, it was a lot better than it than it should have been. Yeah, it gets the job done. It's perfectly adequate. Its biggest problem is it's super derivative of every other Wolverine versus Weapon X story you've ever heard ever. Yeah, pretty much. To the point where even old man Logan is like, oh, God, we're doing this again, huh? Someone rebuilt Weapon X. <laughs> Better go find Sabretooth, because if they're gunning for me, they'll probably be gunning for him, too. Yeah, and they are. They send those Terminators after them. They are. They are adamantium Terminators. It's it's funny, too, with Sabretooth, because, you know, he's also in a bit of discontinuity, much like Magneto, where it's like, well, you were a hero after Axis when you got rewritten, and then you were an anti-hero on the Uncanny X-Men. Are you a hero or a villain now? Well, you've got your villain hair on, 
which is extra long and extra Tyler Mainish. So I'm going to assume you're a bad guy, but I don't know. Yeah, he, he I I think he might be a bad guy, but he's probably someone who doesn't want to be a bad guy since he's kind of he's living out in the log cabins. Yes, as, as you do when you don't want to be left alone eating cornflakes without milk, which old man Logan doesn't like. <laughs> Because, you know, because he's an old man, he needs his fiber in his diet right now if he wants to stay regular. <laughs> there's a there's a question for the fans. Do you think Wolverine, with his amazing healing factor, do you think he ever gets diarrhea, I wonder? Uh, maybe. I mean, you, you figure if his cells can fight off all sorts of other disease and he can't get drunk and everything because, you know, his healing factor is so great. Can he get diarrhea? Because diarrhea is like a small viral thing, isn't it? Yeah, but these are the hard questions we ask here on the comic multiverse. Absolutely, man. If, if I ever <laughs> does Wolverine get diarrhea? Everyone tweet at Greg Pack and ask him that. He'll know. <laughs> He'll know the answer to this question. Does Wolverine get diarrhea? Uh, also, is the thing rock all over? That's the other thing. <laughs> By which we mean his penis. To which Stan Lee's like every time. Every time someone asks me this. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, Weapon X, it's not bad. I'm going to keep reading it, but it's it's not spectacular. I am, however, interested, though. Greg Pak, who writes this, also writes the Hulk book, is going to eventually be crossing those over for an interesting story. Yeah, that that weird Hulk Wolverine. Yeah, gotta see what the hell that's about. WMD, Weapons of Mutant Destruction. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that was that. Uh, what else did you have going on this week, Matt? Uh, I had Action Comics issue 977. Yes, yes, the big retcon issue in the fallout of the whole Superman Reborn Mr. Mixelplick thing. Yeah, so th this issue sort of helped, sort of told us where we stand with Superman and like what what's canon and what what isn't. Very and, important. And for the most part Everything the pre-Flashpoint Superman did was canon, while the New 52 Superman, his origin and everything, kind of isn't. Yes, pretty much. Also, too, Luthor is from Smallville again, which I thought was interesting. Yes, the, the Jeff Johns Secret Origins Superman book is now canon, is now the canon... Uh, origin and I don't think a lot of people realize that because I've, se I've seen people getting angry that oh another origin I'm like it's not it's an old origin geez what are the odds of that Jeff Johns Mr. you know president of DC president of creative makes his own story canon what are the odds of that <laughs> Yeah. and good because it's a damn good origin story it is it's a very good story i just find it's hilarious it's like okay so we gotta dig through 75 years of material here what do we keep and what do we throw away well we'll just keep what i wrote <laughs> <laughs> and, and the cool the cool thing is that when when we see clark go back through his history and everything with krypton and everything even the krypton is like the old school sort of pre-flashpoint krypton where it's sort of the the combination of all the other Kryptons before it, the Burn Krypton, the uh, original Krypton, and and like this new Krypton as well. It's it's all that combination because you see all the all the different errors in that one panel. It's it's really nice. What I loved about that scene, and I'm sure you loved it too, Matt. This idea that Superman is reliving the destruction of his planet, which he's done before, but this is the first time he's ever doing it as a parent, and he's seeing it through the mm -hmm. eyes of a father, and he asks himself the oh-so-harsh question, could I send Jonathan away to another planet if I knew Earth was going to be destroyed tomorrow? 
yeah, it's a, it's a neat little bit of um, I guess character growth for him where he, he's seeing something he's seen hundreds of times, but in a new light because he has now has his own family. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I get a little I got a little misty eyed when Lar is like, oh, but where will he go, Jorel? Who will raise him? And he's like, oh, the most wonderful couple in the world, mother, you would love them. And I'm like, oh, he's talking about Ma and Pa can't. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it's it's really weird as well that since like all this is back in continuity, like they're not alive now, or yeah. at least at least that we know of. Yeah, it's the one kind. Well, I I think the way he was talking about them, he was sort of talking about Ma and Pa in the past tense. Mm, yeah, because I'm kind of like, well, hey, now if you were rewriting the universe anyway, and they're back to being the Kents, and they're going to be moving back to Metropolis soon, why can't Ma and Pa be alive? Like, really, why? Yeah, maybe this might be another thing that Manhattan has taken from him. Oh, yeah, and, and we get back. I I'd love to see like like when whenever those two like come head to head, like Doctor Manhattan uses his parents against him oh, to like to like distract him or something. Be like, hey, didn't you ever wonder when your life got refused together why your parents weren't alive again? Oh, because they've been here with me on Mars all along. <laughs> they've been making me apple pie. It's been great. <laughs> oh hey son we've been hanging out with the blue naked man he's our new son now we love him (laughs) thanks dr manhattan my son (laughs) this is this is why i don't write for comics because that would be my pitch and then they were eating apple pie the whole time (laughs) (laughs) somehow i feel that would get shot down in story meetings but yeah that that one was really good and it furthermore sets up this whole superman revenge story because some weird matrix looking dude is going around recruiting a bunch of superman's foes yeah back uh, back to uh the superman revenge squad which is really cool great concept i'm amazed it's taken them this long to bring the superman revenge squad back and not just like any rinky dink version of it either like the heaviest hitters mongol and metallo and like cyborg superman and blanche and everyone else on this eradicator zod all these characters that's a pretty serious revenge squad right there yeah not just like oh we've got live wire and the parasite and the toy man no 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 no. this is like the world ending superman revenge squad (laughs) like anyone would be a serious threat on their own but they're all together like it's it gives me one of the best feelings as a comic reader and really just as an enjoyer of long form storytelling in general and it's that feeling of oh man how's he going to get out of this one yeah yeah that's a great feeling so yeah superman action comics continues to be kick ass continues to be one of the best things coming out of DC rebirth right now yeah if you're not reading it read it uh, what else did that? Well, I guess from Superman, we can hop right on over to Batman and Detective Comics number 954, a comic that was also filled with some retcons and some filling in some plot holes. It was. Mainly around the League of Shadows and someone asking the also important question, hey, if the League of Shadows are such like uh, such king shits of fuck mountain like they are, how has <laughs> Batman never heard of them before? Some great detective he turned out to be. And the answer is he has heard of them three times at least, but Roz rewrote his memory every time to keep it secret until now. Yeah, been fucking around with his memory. Yeah, which happens a lot in DC, doesn't it? There's a lot of memory fuckery happening. <laughs> Yep. 
you're not cool until you've had your memory screwed with. Because think about it. Superman had his memory messed with by getting split and everything. Wonder Woman has had her memory messed with in her book. And now Batman has also had his memory messed with. <laughs> I'm waiting for Aquaman and Nightwing to come in and be like, oh, we've had our memories messed with too. <laughs> actually, Nightwing kind of has had his memory messed with actually by Dr. Hurt, who made him see other alternate versions of himself. So there you go. It's a big exclusive club of heroes who have had their minds fucked with. <laughs> Beyond that, this was kind of like a quieter issue of Batman. It's him talking to Raish, and then it's Jacob getting the rest of the colony together mm-hmm. to go fight the League of Shadows. I, I I like the colony. I actually would read a colony book now. They seem they seem very unique. I got a very like Venture Brothers Sphinx vibe off them. Yeah, yeah, they seem really cool, and they brought back that um that one guy. I can't remember what his name was. He's in that like that Iron Man ish costume. Oh, colony with the Prime. gun. Yeah, Colony Prime, that was it. Colony Prime and his little buddy, The General, which I love, The General is his screen name in this version because he's just like some shitty hacker kid who, I don't know if you know this, map, but back like in the Tim Drake Robin run, The General was his arch nemesis, and they implied mm-hmm. that The General stole Tim Drake's costume. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they did imply that here. And how fucked up is it going to be? Like, I, I reckon he's probably going to wear the costume oh, of course. and go go confront Batman and just, like, fuck with Batman's f- head. <laughs> I'm your Robin now, and I'm sure he'll be like, buddy, you're at least 20 pounds heavier than my Robin. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you drink a lot of gamer fuel and eat a lot of Doritos is all I'm saying. <laughs> not to be an unbody positive Batman, but you you got poured into that costume. <laughs> is all I'm saying. But I'm your Robin now. I can be your ward. No, 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 you can't. <laughs> It'd be even funnier if Tim Drake finds him and say, "Hey, that's my costume. Give it back." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass now. But yeah, f- fun, fun issue. I'm definitely liking this uh, League of Shadows storyline. Uh, Want to see where it goes for sure. Yes, yeah, so yeah, it was it was a pretty cool book, and I love seeing just Raz and Batman fighting. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah, when they're trading ber- verbal bars, never touch each other in the whole issue. Barely, they just talk to each other, and it's as riveting as any fight scene. Yeah. What uh, What else did you have this week, Matt? It's Pukal issue eight. Ah uh, yes, tell me about it. It was the, um, it was the Superman meets Supergirl issue. Right, that they uh, were building up to. Yeah, and it's cool that it's cool how they frame this. They framed it as the it's the Kryptonian Day of Truth. Ooh. And um, uh, Superman just goes to the National City to see his cousin because of all the shit that's been going on with Superman Reborn and everything, and. Uh, they just sort of talk about what's been going on, and Emerald Empress shows up talking nice. about how how Supergirl betrayed her or tricked her, and Supergirl's like, I don't know who the fuck this crazy bitch is, <laughs> um, and they need to find out what's going on with her because she mentioned Saturn, Saturn Girl and everything mm. and all this stuff. Um, but it's just Superman and Supergirl just sort of hanging out. They, they go to the Fortress of Solitude, and in one of the, the – tro- in the trophy room where – Clark has his big tr- brain. They have dinner with Lois and John, and oh. and John and John and Kara meet for the first time. That's cool. And everything, and sort of get 
get along. It's just a family book and everything, and he tells Kara what happened with him. But Kara, the cool thing is, since Kara's book was mainly like a cosmic book, like her in space and whatnot with the Red Lanterns and then that, that weird space X-Men group and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, her book is largely unaffected by the events of Superman Reborn. Like she, she remember she kind of remembers the new 52, but at the same time, doesn't really realize that Clark is this new pre flashpoint Superman. Like it's really weird. But the thing is that her book is kind of like a clean slate since she can now learn all this sort of stuff. And sort of start spending time and everything with him. A a clean slate, and I'm sure doing things this way too allows them to stay closer to the TV show where they're drawing more than a little inspiration from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I guess they need it to be that way, because if the ripple effects hit Supergirl, she's like, oh, I remember all my other lives and my other pre-Flashpoint shit. Man, I've had a complicated history. (laughs) Hey, remember that time I died? (laughs) (laughs) And, and and I think I think at the start of this issue, there's this really funny joke about um, crises bringing them together. Yeah, do, do they ever? Do they ever? Yeah, the, I thought that was a really funny joke. I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens with Emerald Empress and uh, Saturn Girl because obviously that's a reference to Legion of Superheroes. You got your Legion of Superhero connections on the Supergirl TV show right now. It's amazing how they do these multimedia blitzes and have them all kind of line up. Yeah, I, I think it's going to connect pretty, pretty big in a pretty big way. I know. I think next issue, uh, she heads to Burnside and uh, teams up with Batgirl again. Nice, nice. It's nice to see they've rebuilt their friendship in the same way they've rebuilt the Batman-Superman friendship. Yeah. Totally cool. Uh, Another book I read this week, and another book that just so happened to be X-Men-focused, was Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number six. Have you been keeping up with Renew Your Vows, Matt? I don't read any Spider-Man books. If you read nothing else... You can read Renew Your Vows because it's not connected to anything. It's a fresh slate, and it's an older, more mature Spider-Man, the type that fans have been clamoring for. Cool. Especially if you read nothing else, check this one out because it's the best version of the X-Men I have read in years. Yeah? Because it's just the cartoon version. They're literally wearing the same costumes and acting like it's still the 90s. Oh, that's awesome. But they've moved them on a little bit, too. So in the universe of Renew Your Vows, Wolverine and Jean are married and have a daughter together. Mm-hmm. And the daughter's name is Shine, and she's like a silly toddler, but they're already doing the thing of like, oh, if she inherited her dad's healing factor and her mother's mental powers, she's going to be a god when she grows up. <laughs> Cyclops is still at the school, and this is the best part. He is now a professor of mutant ethics. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that brilliant? And here's the thing. So, like, the big crux of this is because Spider-Man and MJ have a daughter now, and Xavier comes to them and says, hey, you know, you should totally let your daughter come to my school now. She's a gifted youngster. Even if she's not a mutant, this would be a great environment for her to learn and not have to hide her powers and everything. And you and your, as parents, don't have to worry about her getting outed as a superhero and you getting outed as Spider-Man by extension. And Pete loves the idea. Because school totally sucked for him growing up, and he really wished he could have gone to an awesome X-Men school. I mean, who doesn't? 
<laughs> but MJ was popular in school growing up, and she's like, you know, well, no, I mean, we can't take her away from the real world. We can't take her away from regular people. How she's ever going to interact if we just send her to, like, straight-up superhero school, especially, too, when you stop and consider how often does the X-Mansion come under attack every week? Yeah, like, every day. <laughs> he comes under attack at the end of this issue. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part is is that Cyclops he talks about how he doesn't trust Charles Xavier blindly anymore even though he loves and respects him he says he lost faith in him after the events of the Civil War where get this instead of a big fight between heroes Xavier stepped on in and stopped it using his mental powers see that that's something that would happen as well <laughs> It's kind of amazing, this alternate take on the X-Men, where I'm like, oh my god, these X-Men need a spin-off like yesterday. <laughs> They're perfect. <laughs> they literally are. We need X-Men Renew Your Vows. And I, and I wondered aloud to myself, and I talked to other people, J Jerry Conway, the guy who wrote this, of course, the guy who wrote the original Death of Gwen Stacy, and the guy who created The Punisher, and, you know, has an amazing resume to his name... I, I wonder if he, like, literally set out to be like, I'm going to write a really great version of the X-Men that have grown and matured, but also keep everything people love about them. Or if he was just like, well, I'm just going to write the X-Men I remember from when I was writing comics. Yeah, may, maybe maybe the, the second one. But also, like, I could see him, like, doing it and be like, I'm going to write an X-Men book so good that fans are going to want one and probably force Marvel to give him one. Yeah, so I get a little bit more work for me. But, yeah, it's really good. If you have been clamoring for X-Men, and I think it's so hilarious that it came out this week when we had Weapon X and we had X-Men Blue that are trying so hard to harken back to a more classic time for X-Men, like, trying really hard almost to the point where it's transparent. Then you got this book that comes along and just, you know, almost without even trying, does authentic X-Men. Mm -hmm. And it's in a completely different universe. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was really good. If you read nothing else from Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, but you're a fan of the X-Men, should probably pick up this in the next issue, though, because it is just totally X-Men City. What, what issue is it up to? Six. Oh, okay, then, cool. It's going to be very easy to catch up on this one. But yes, if you if you want an older, more mature take on Spider-Man and a cool take on X-Men, you've got to be reading your Renew Your Vows. Cool, cool. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Because I'm nearing the end of my list. At Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, issue 18. What's uh, what's old Hal up to these days? Uh, old Hal is watching over the the Lantern Corps, the Lantern Corps, uh, since the Yellow and Green Lantern Corps are now one. And um, this issue, they they rebuild a Yellow power battery on Mogo. Nice. Uh, next to the Green power battery, and uh, obviously there's like complications when like the Yellow Lanterns get into fights with the Green Lanterns, uh, you know, stuff like that. And of all people. Guy Gardner is the one to sort of put a stop to it. And him and Arkillo, since last issue, they just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and, and he says, and he, he comes with Arkillo. Like, him and Arkillo are like best buds now. And he comes with Arkillo and he says, like, any bad blood between the Lantern Corps, me and Arkillo settled on the street. I last that. issue. That's so and, and Yeah, and it's just so good. It's, it's so good. But, um,. The overall story is about these weird anomalies that the lanterns are picking up all over the 
different sectors and like lanterns are disappearing and stuff and at the end one of these anomalies appears in their uh command center and it spits out rip hunter oh shit yeah and he says that the land the green lantern core is disappeared from the future and uh he, he passes out and no one knows who he is but how is more interested about why he is wearing a green lantern ring more than anything else interesting let me let let, let me ask this does the rip hunter in this look like the rip hunter from tv no he looks like old school rip hunter that's an interesting choice i'm glad they went ahead with that yeah (laughs) that's that's too funny though to see him show up i i I love that uh hal jordan like i don't recognize this man i don't i don't watch legends i don't have the cw in space (laughs) i don't know he doesn't look like arthur darvel he doesn't look like him (laughs) i don't know tell me who you are is your show any good does it have its moments (laughs) <laughs> will i be annoyed for huge chunks of it but then kind of get on board by the end well will i oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that sounds fun that sounds like a winner sounds like they're doing interesting stuff over there yeah that, that's a really cool book and they, they they're like even referencing like dr manhattan and everything and nice. which is really cool uh i guess another book i had this week and easily a contender for my best series of the year already and it's only three issues in that was kingpin yeah kingpin is so good i know i've probably told you before matt but this new solo mini series is basically about the kingpin getting an autobiography written about him yeah yeah he's being followed around by someone yeah by this lady sarah dewey who's a really interesting character in her own right and you don't really know if he's just putting on a show for her or if you really are seeing like a kindler a a kindler yeah you know kindler is a kindly guy a kinder gentler side of wilson fisk and it's really well done and it's really adult and it's really well layered and uh what is it tombstone kind of ends up being the villain of this issue and i love me some tombstone cool it's great. He he kidnaps this woman because he assumes, oh, well, you got to be working for Fisk. And she manages to talk her way out of it and get, like, an interview with uh, Tombstone <laughs> all at the same time. Oh, that's great. Because Tombstone fucking loves to talk. <laughs> so it's like, and the first guy I ever killed. And then he just keeps on going and going like that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice touch, too, because Matthew Rosenberg writes this, and he also writes the new Rocket Raccoon book. He puts a reference to what's going on in Rocket Raccoon on the TV in this comic. Oh, that's cool. I love it when writers do that when they tag themselves and be like, hey, here's another book I'm writing you should read. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, it's a a really good book. It's really well put together. Uh, Did you have any other ones? I have one more after this. Uh, Yeah, I got two more. I I had... Obviously, I know you read it. uh, JLA issue four. I did read this one. Yeah, it was... Pretty good book. Is the end of the extremist arc? See, I was kind of confused by the ending of it. It kind of felt like it was all over the damn place. It it, it did, but at least it like they actually put a close on the extremists. Like you see, Lord Havoc getting arrested and the other extremists sort of being defeated and everything. And I think it was more just a story about setting up who this new Justice League is and like what their whole uh, I guess business plan is and what, what their whole deal is. And even um that that uh, resistance fighter sort of says that, like, we kind of expected you to just come in and just sort of sort everything out, but you came in and and asked us what to do. Yeah. 
What's uh, what's the legality you feel of jailing people from another dimension? How does that stand? <laughs> I don't know. Are they are they covered by our laws? I, I guess now because they because they're in our world, they're covered by them. It's it's very Rick and Morty where it's like, look, I I am not subject to the rules and regulations of this dimension. I reject them <laughs> and substitute the rules and regulations of my own dimension. <laughs> I, uh, I I guess it is kind of cool. Like uh, Vixen gets a cool fight with Lord Havoc. She's the one who actually ends up defeating him. And then, you know, we kind of have her and Black Canary both hit upon the idea that they should have hit upon early on. And that is, I don't think Batman has the best intentions for bringing us all together. Yeah, they kind of sort of um, suspecting ulterior motives. And we, we as readers know there is ulterior motives. Yep. Uh, but... But no one on the team really knows that. Mm-hmm. And then there's a really weird little sidetrack with the Blue Jay, who was a hero from Angor and is like a DC reference to the Wasp and Lady Liberty's shield and the microverse where the original Adam might be out. It was a really weird stinger ending. Yeah, so I, I originally think that um, maybe Blue Jay is going to find... Um, Ray Palmer and Ray Palmer's going to use his technology and his help to get out of the microverse. I guess. Yeah, that that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be a fun story. I I I would be all for JLA goes to the microverse. Yeah. Especially because uh what is it? Uh what is it? The he basically said Palmer already said previously in that tape where it's like I found something they didn't want me to know. I found a secret in the universe. Yeah, so it's definitely maybe something rebirth related in the microverse. Well, it was one of the it was one of the stories in DC Universe Rebirth number yeah. one, so it's clearly supposed to be important. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely that heading on. Uh the last book I read this week was Old Man Logan number twenty one. I have this in my pile. I'm gonna start reading this book again. It's it's solid is what this is. This is the continuation of Old Man Logan being thrown through time, mm-hmm. attempting to get back to the wasteland, but getting screwed over by the wrong magician, and now reliving key moments from his uh, from his past. Basically, it's a greatest hits collection for Wolverine. Yeah, and it's a perfect time for me to jump back in. It really, it really, really is. He he starts off in the War of eighteen twelve, and he's like, "Shit, man, my memory's been fucked with and retconned, and so much I don't even remember this." <laughs> <laughs> was I here? I feel like I was here. Then he wakes up in the Weapon X tank again. He's like, God damn it, I'm sick of waking up here. <laughs> I fucking hate this tank. I hate this place so much. And it's great because we get a little cameo from Dr. Cornelius and a bunch of the other scientists from Department K. Clearly, Jeff Lemire and the artist did their homework for putting characters in there. Oh, uh, that's cool. It's really cool. And then the last bit is him waking up in his classic, you know, yellow and blue and being like, okay, where the hell am I now? Only to look over and see the Hulk and Wendigo fighting each other. Oh, that's cool. So there's that classic cover. Yep. He's, <laughs> he is literally going through his life chronologically. And it's like, you know, come back next time where we see Wolverine 74 to 77. <laughs> Are we are we gonna get the Wolverine that has no nose and probably. is like feral? <laughs> They'll probably make reference to it if they're going through his life in chronological order. Yeah, we'll probably he'll probably have to relive the moment where Magneto rips the metal out of him. Yeah, <laughs> not again. I hated this the first time. Ah, crap. <laughs> what are some other pivotal moments? Oh, we'll have to see him killing all those Hellfire Club guards in Wolverine Alone, which was that issue where everyone's like, "Man, this guy's cool." 
Yeah, I wonder if they're going to make him relive like the beginning of Old Man Logan, where he kills, uh, thanks to Mysterio, kills the X Men. Oh, well, that's got that's got to be the finale. That's got to be like the penultimate issue right there. Where he's like, oh god, I'm here now. I don't want to live this again. It'd be really cool if he does like end up like he knows he's going to do that. So he maybe like maybe like ends up killing himself mm. uh, before Mysterio can do it, or manages to get to Mysterio before he's able to trick him and 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 change his own future that's that's an interesting question matt you bring up there because he clearly has control over himself in the past like he can Mm -hmm. control his movements but we don't know is this just his consciousness experiencing these events again or can he actually interact and change things i mean that's what he wanted because he wanted to go back to the wasteland and save the hulk baby like he promised to do but yeah Yeah. i don't know could he completely fuck up time and space by playing it wrong Yeah, because that, that was like what he was originally going to do in this book at the start of it. Wasn't he yes. going back and, and trying to stop the people who, who made him kill the X-Men before yes. they they did that? So maybe he could still be trying to do that now as well. Yeah, he had a whole hit list of people he wanted to kill, but that got messed up. He's like, no, I want to kill the Red Skull. I want to kill uh, the Hulk, which he couldn't do because Banner was already dead by that point. I want to kill this D-list villain, and I want to kill Mysterio. And the Mysterio one was always funny to me because I'm like, yeah, Mysterio's been missing for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's that's a cool book. If you ain't been reading it, you should totes be reading it. Yeah. Um, last book I had was New Superman issue 10. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Chinese Superman, still going strong. Yeah, the, this one he he teamed up with Superman, uh, making the uh, rounds this week. Superman, isn't he? Yeah, this this was another kind of re, uh, post uh, Superman Reborn book, and uh, he teams up with Superman to stop the forces of hell from escaping this door, uh, which literally lets, hell. Yeah, yeah, the, or the Chinese mythology version of hell, um, and it it all stems from Lex Luthor sort of bringing. Keenan over to Metropolis and sort of showing him the life of in in America and everything and getting him to open these doors and he keeps claiming they're gonna he's gonna be able to give Keenan his powers like his proper powers and everything so he's kind of like an evil guy again I know there is ulterior motives for him to make Keenan get his powers because I think if he gets the powers he'll gain access to powers himself and he'll Lex Luthor will get powers, kind of. That's definitely the big um, question, because, you know, if everyone fused and they remember their past lives and everyone's essentially back to the way we remember them pre-New 52, what does that mean for Luthor, who grew so much and became a good guy? Yeah, yeah, well, he, he's kind of a villain in this, but kind of not. Like, he's playing that, that line where he's, like like kind of chummy but also doing stuff sinister in the background right i, I and this want was... your powers but i want them so i can make the world a better place yeah 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 that, that's what he was doing here and it's up to superman and keenan and the china white triad to stop oh, this, the forces of hell and everything nice reference to the china white triad of course from green arrow Dude, this book this book references the free comic book day issue of 2015. Damn. <laughs> That's how far back it references cuz they cuz Superman fought them in that. And and um I think Snake Pit remembers that and he's he's trying to get payback to Superman. That's a fucking pull <laughs> is what that is. 
Yeah, and that's, that's continuity porn is what that is. <laughs> it is. When I saw that, I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's a book that's, what, like three years old now at it the moment? Is. So it's like in the middle of the new 52. <laughs> I just imagine Matt reading that being like, oh, God, the continuity. It's so good way to pay attention, writer. <laughs> it was. It was a really good way to pay attention. Oh, God, um, yeah. Reward me for reading everything. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, it was a pretty cool issue. Keenan learned that his parents aren't dead this issue. Oh, shit. Uh, thanks to, like, these massive Minotaur Ox King people coming and saying his parents aren't didn't fall through the afterlife, so they're still alive somewhere. Well, that's good. Um, and uh, we find out that that... Um, I told you about the, the pull from the original Detective Comics, that Asian guy. Yes, yes. Um, I can't remember his name, Ching Ching Lung or something. Um, we find out that that guy is actually Keenan's master, Ai Ching. And he's oh. been disguising himself as him. And he's been teaching him Kung Fu, right? That's the thing, like he's actually yeah, learning martial yeah. arts. Yeah, he's learning how to... The, the whole thing about this comic and like the last couple of issues is Keenan's been trying to do the easy way to get his powers. And that's what, what Lex was taking advantage of. He was being the devil him. on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, and while Master I Ching was kind of teaching him, no, you've got to do all this stuff, you know, you, you can't just take the easy way. You, you've got to actually learn and, and grow as a person. And he did, because you look at him in, like, issue one, he was a fucking dick in that. He was a bully. He was literally yeah, a he bully. Yeah, he was bullying and everything, and now he's, like, learning, thanks to Superman and everything, how to use his powers and, 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 learn, them, and learn how to use them for good and everything. So that's really cool. I like the idea of him learning martial arts too because like Superman is really good but he never learned like martial arts or anything because he didn't have to. Yeah, well, I know in one continuity he had like he learned like Kryptonian Kung Fu. Right, uh, d d Tasm Row and Tasm whatever, yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. I remember they referenced that in Death Battle and I'm like, oh, geez, that's a pull. Yeah, I, I know we taught like Batman it as well. That's right, Batman does learn. He's like, teach me something I don't know. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm really great at everything. <laughs> in case you didn't know, I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> so yeah, but by and large, sounds like a pretty great, uh, great week for comics, right? Yeah, it was a really great week. Real, real whopper. Real whopper of a week for comics. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of good ones. Uh, and guess what, man? We get to do it all again next week. I know, and next week's going to be even bigger. Yeah, in fact, I was going to say, we haven't done this in a bit, so if you want to stall for time, let's let's actually take a look at what's coming out this week, slash what you can oh. read today, because this comes out Wednesday morning. Well, I already have my list up, because I always get my list before the comics come uh -oh. out, so I know what I'm going to read. See, Secret Empire starts. Oh, fuck, does it really? It does. <laughs> it's the Zero issue, right? The Zero issue, and apparently Captain America Steve Rogers ties into it, and so does Thunderbolts. Okay, Matt, you know what that means we need to do? We need to pick We need to catch up. <laughs> well, okay, you need to catch up, and I, I will help you. Let's pick a time, sometimes this week, let's do a special, like, this is what you need to know for Secret Empire. And in fact, it'll really help now because we have the Zero issue to go off of. Yeah, and, and also, that is... I know free comic book day is coming up, but is there a free comic book day issue of I, Secret Empire? I think, well, I know they did one for Civil War 2, so it would, it's believable that they would. 
Maybe, yeah, maybe so I wonder if that that's going to tie into it or whether it's just going to be a previews book. Right. Well, I guess we'll find out when we get there. I know I, I know Spencer basically said, hey, by issue one, everyone knows Captain America's secret. Issue zero is the inciting incident. They're burning down the Reich dog moment, and then we just completely go from there on out. So basically he promised, pick up this book. I won't waste your time. Awesome. That's exactly what we want to hear, especially after stuff like uh, Civil War Two and like everything else. Yeah, please don't waste my time. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick of books what waste my time. So yeah, what's coming out this week? We got All-Star Batman number nine. That's going to be pretty good. They've definitely been hyping that up in every comic this week. Yeah, yeah. It's every comic, there's been an ad for it, which makes me think it's going to be a big issue. Aquaman number 21, I've fallen so behind on Aquaman, I keep saying I'm going to do a big video where I catch up. Did you see in the solicitations, they're bringing Dolphin back to Aquaman, who was like a female sidekick, and he's got a bad case of Momoa beard now? I did see that, and I know I'm, I, I'm, I've promised people, and I'm going to jump back onto Aquaman after this, this current arc is finished, which is something about dead, dead water or something, I, I don't know. H two O or something. I don't know. I I keep. Yeah. I want to. I want to actually go somewhere and film a thing because I'm trying to make like these comic catch ups into a show itself. But I need to like really work on it to try and make it different. Yeah. We got Batman number twenty one. This is this is the button, right? This is the kickoff to the button. Yeah. This is the first issue of the button. Hot damn. Uh, yeah. We, we got Batwoman number two. Man, there was a long wait in between Batwoman number one and number two, wasn't there? Yeah, that's a that's a weird book. Is it like bi-monthly or something? I guess it must be now. Green Arrow number 21, super stoked for this. This is Star yeah. City Rising. This is all these characters coming back again. Uh, what else do we got going on here? Justice League number 19, you're still reading that. Mm-hmm. Nightwing number 19, Super Sons number 3. Awesome. Superman number 21, the continuation of this whole Black Sun evil dairy farmer thing. Cool. Trinity number eight. This is still Cullen Bunn filling in. Interested to see yep. where that's going to go. Uh, over on the Marvel side of things, past IDW, past Image. Where the yeah, I, I, I know we get US Avengers, which I think as well is a Secret Empire tie-in since uh, Captain America is in that issue. Yeah, I think they're all they're all tying into it. So yeah, we got Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 16. Uh, Daredevil number 19. Ooh, the continuation of the Purple Children. Can't wait to see where that goes. Deadpool number 29, which is the finale of the Till Death Do Us event that they've been doing. Cool. Kind of slagged in the middle there, but it's all right. Invincible Iron Man number six. Oh, God, Monsters Unleashed Kid Kaiju's getting a new comic this week. Oh, jeez. Whatever happened with that Monsters Unleashed? That kind of, like, faded into obscurity, like, really fast. It did. It finished. I know the people who read it, uh, some people said it actually wasn't too bad by the time it was all over with, because it was actually a lot of heroes working together. Go go watch Comic Pop's back issues on it. They give a very good little thing on it, because it's the one person who read it trying to explain it to the two people who didn't <laughs> read it, and they're just like us, Matt. They're like, fucking this dude, fucking Monsters Unleashed, fucking two too many goddamn events back to back goddamn civil war 2 all the bitterness behind that but apparently it actually ended on an okay note uh fury nick fury number one also comes out this week yeah nick fury was getting a series to himself remember that 
Oh, I, I might have to look at that. I like when Nick Fury gets a book. It's always really fun spy adventures. I will I will look in its general direction. Maybe it'll be like Kingpin. Maybe it'll actually be pretty good on its own. Yeah. Uh, Miss Marvel, number 17. Royals, number 2. Secret Empire, number 0, like you said. Awesome. Uh, what we got going on? Venom, number 6. I think this is Eddie Brock coming back, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. And then USA Avengers number five. So goddamn, it's going to be another mega packed week. Yep. <laughs> Jeez, there's there's just no rest for us, Matt. Right? No, no rest for the wicked. There isn't. Hopefully, we get one of those weeks like we had a couple of weeks ago, where it's only like four or five books. You know, I, I pray for that, and then they come along, and I'm like, goddamn, I'm not going to have enough videos to fill, <laughs> to fill the whole week. I'm going to have to really dig some shit out of my ass, or I'm going to have to actually try to buckle down and finish like a required reading or something that I really want to do. And then I'm like, man, that's great. Why can't I do these every week? <laughs> It's quite a it's quite a thing reviewing comics uh, week to week like we do. We're very unique in that regard, Matt. You and I. Mm-hmm. So uh, on that note, everyone, I can bring this episode of the podcast to a close. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a very happy Easter. Those of you out there who celebrate that one, I know I did. Uh, be sure to like, favorite, subscribe, comment, do all that other social media jazz. Uh, if you like the show and want to support the show, you can always become a patron. Patrons get to listen to the show first before anybody else. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. It goes a very long way. In fact, Matt, we have quite a few new patrons, so thank you, everyone who did that. I know I've been shilling it a little bit more than usual. I appreciate that. And uh, for everyone else, you get the show 8 a.m. Wednesday morning, uh, both on the YouTube channel and on the SoundCloud page, of which there are many people following now, so thank you for that as well. Awesome. And you can find me at at Cape Joel on Twitter, and you can find Matt at... Matt underscore FOS on Twitter and the Fortress of Solitude on YouTube. Yes, be sure to follow those to keep up to date on everything we're doing. And on that note, I think I can finally bring this one to a close. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to everyone. We will be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye.